Hi, and welcome to the Saints Big Footy podcast number 22. I've got deja vu now. Uh, yes. Uh, and uh, my name is Peter, and joining me is Neil. How are you going, Neil? I'm well, Peter. I hope you are too. Yes, I'm doing well. And uh, I'd like to send a little hello out to uh, Big Footy poster, The Punter. He's doing a, uh, a general sports podcast with a few of his mates. It's called It Goes Without Saying, and it's on... Um, on Apple and everywhere, I think uh, it's certainly worth a listen. It and does. also the guys that the guys that unplug it, Nick and the guys have just done uh, their Saints uh, review of the year too. So that's worth checking out as well. Yes, and we'll compare their results with ours. I think they would probably be. Yeah, I think probably will, but ours will have more passion. Absolutely more passion. Yes. Yeah. So what we're going to do is uh, it's going to split it up into patches, the first six rounds, then the six after that, and so forth. Yes. And I'll give the uh, the results of those those six games, and then we'll just do a you know general talk about how we're going, how we felt, and looking back type thing, and we'll take it from yes. there. Away we go. All right now. The first six rounds, uh, let's see, Saints beat the Suns by one point. Yes. Saints beat the Bombers by 11 points. Frio beat the Saints by five points. Um, The Saints beat the Hawks by five points. The Saints beat Melbourne by 40 points. And then the Crows beat the Saints by 29. So after six rounds, we were four and two and, and looking very good at that stage. Could even have been five and one if we'd uh, kicked one more goal against um, yes Fremantle against Fremantle. Yep, we had a big chance to win that game and uh, just couldn't get over the line. Oh, I've always said if you're playing interstate, you need to take the crowd out of the game, so you kick early goals and that quietens them and that helps the team. But we are forever coming out. Ten minutes behind everyone else, and after they kicked the yep. first three or four goals, we're then having to chase their their tails to catch up. Yeah, I think under Richo, I don't know whether, I, yeah, you never know whether you can blame the coach for this, but we had a terrible record of first quarters. Uh, yes. How many games do we come out throughout the season where at quarter time we will, you know, four goals down or something? Yes. A lot yeah. of sides seem to get the jump on us. Yes. And and it's not like we didn't know it was coming. We did know it was coming. But there was nothing yep. put into place to, I don't know, hold the ball up, like, you know, kick the ball around for a while. But it just seemed like we just went like the ball at a gate. We, because our skills were poor, we turned the ball over. It went straight over our heads for a goal. And as you said, quarter time. Four or five goals down. Yep. And and I was looking at the stats for the season. I'll just throw this in here since we're talking about it. Um, so we've already said that, that we started badly, maybe due to Richo. I don't know what he says before the game or anything. But also the third quarter, so after Richo's spoken again at halftime, yep. we were the worst in the league for winning the third quarter. Only five times for the season did we win the third quarter. Right, the premiership quarter. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, and I I tallied our season scores, and it averaged out to around about seventy five points per game total. Yep. So every game seventy five points. So if, if we're 24, 30 points behind at half time, knowing we're only going to keep 70, um, yeah, we're not going to win many games. We just can't. No. It, was, it reminded me of back when we had Ross Lyon as a coach and we were very defensive. defensive. Yes. But then we were able to hold other sides down as well. It did make it boring to watch, but um, yep. at least we had a chance of winning. But you know, we we just can't seem to manage to hold them down like we used to because we haven't got as good a side, I suppose, as we had back then. No, that's true. But think of Brisbane a year or two ago. They were losing games. They were playing attractive football. And, yep. you know, I know a win's a win, but if we're out and we're kicking 15 goals, 16 goals, and, and we're running teams close, playing attractive football, well, it's obviously paid off because, you know, there were a couple of kicks away from a prelim final. Yeah, the last yes. three points, was yes. it? And, yep. and who knows where you go to from there. But, yes, they obviously went in with a game plan that this is what we're going to do, going to move the ball quickly, we're going to get it down to our forwards, we're going to, we're going to kick goals. Yeah. We're... At seventy-four five points per game, it seemed like we were content to just ten goals. That's our limit. Yep, two goals a quarter, two three goals a quarter, and and um, you know there was um, uh, when Ratten took over, we kicked one hundred and sixteen one week and one hundred and four the second. Exactly, so you take those out then that 75 points is looking a lot worse. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and um, I, I was thinking um, about this the other day, about uh, low scoring, and and I wonder, remember um, 2009, 2010, you know, we were obviously yes. a really good side, won lots of games, but we really didn't get the, the flow on into the membership that you would no. have expected after that. No. And I wonder, was it because we weren't playing – a very attractive game. Yeah, I think if we win a premiership, then they will come. But um, yeah, I'm hoping that Ratton and whoever he appoints as his line coaches. I'm not sure if there's any more to be appointed. But yes, hopefully there's there's a a better structure to to get get yep. the ball to our forwards and and you know that if Max King can get on the field and and I know talking trades if we can get like you know um Hill from Fremantle or King from Gold Coast yep. we might start looking a lot better. Yes. I think they're they're doing the right thing in uh, the players they're chasing at the moment. Uh, I think Hill, if we can get him, of course, um, yeah. will be a big bonus with his speed and also his uh, um, disposal efficiency is really good too. Yes. So having him, guys like him, Gresham and Hanbury, just to name three, you know, bursting out of the middle, uh, are more likely to hit a forward on the chest than to bomb it long like 
we have yeah. been doing. That that was one of the things I wrote off to the side was our delivery into the forward line. Like it seemed like once we kicked it into the fifty meter arc, the job was done. We've got the ball to you. You kick goals, but some of the yes. delivery was just terrible. And if yep. if you if you've looked up and seen that there's three defenders and one forward, I don't know. You have to hold the ball up, or I don't know. But there seemed an awful yeah, lot. Of, it, I've got the ball. I've turned around. Bang! Away it is. End of the fifty. Good luck. Yeah. If you watch, you know, a good side like Richmond, for example, if yes. a player picks up the ball and looks forward and sees that they're three to one outnumbered, then he he kicks towards the boundary line to force a, a throw in so they yes. can get back there. He doesn't kick to the three on one, no, which is something we have to learn, I think. I noticed an awful lot with Richmond that they didn't take possession of the ball. They punched it into the clear. And and I yes. think every Richard player knew that that ball was heading into open zone and get your skates on because yeah. um, very, I'd be interested to see the number of tackles in that in the grand final compared to a normal game yeah. because yeah, exactly. Richmond, they seem to be playing keepings off. Um, the ball's in congestion. Punch the ball's out of congestion. Who's there to pick the ball up? Richmond play and, and away they went. Yeah, they're so well drilled in that type of thing. Because, uh, like you, I noticed watching the game how many times somebody punched the ball on rather than yes. take possession. Yeah, and so and if you looked at all those times, if he had grabbed the ball, most likely he would have been tackled. It would have been a ball up, and that would have been it. Yes. So, uh, yeah, they they know what they're doing. They do. That's, yeah. that's obviously some of the things that we've got to learn, when to grab the ball, when to knock it on, and players yeah. have got to learn to see when it's likely he's going to knock it on, then you've got to make position for him. Yes, yes. Or for our anyway, new game back plan to the... for the JLT series next year. So, yes, yes. Uh, the next six games. Next six games. Okay, we're going from round seven to round 13. Uh, so we didn't start off too well. The Giants beat us by 44. The Eagles yep. beat us by 18. Collingwood beat us by 41. Then we beat Carlton by 13. Port beat us by 70. That would have been the Chinese game, I'd say. Yeah. And then we beat the Suns by four. So we won two and lost four in that patch. And we're six and six. Yep. But the uh, – uh, Disappointing thing. The the Eagles game was actually pretty good. We only lost by three goals, uh, but we yep. were competitive. We uh, were, the and even, even Port game, we were just, Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah actually, against Collingwood, good. they just kicked away late, didn't they? Yes, yeah. they did. But the Port game was a disaster. Port game was um, nothing back there. And but we did have – we had injuries and we had people sick and – Everything yes. seemed to go wrong for that game. And they flew players over because of the sickness and they didn't play them. So yes. they played the guys who'd been sick, who were dehydrated, and they were playing in 30-degree temperature. I, I yes. 
interested to see the individual statistics, but I think that those three players' games would have been less than their normal performance. And yes, the three definitely. New players they took across would have added more. So we, we, we might still have lost. I don't think we would have lost yeah. those many. Well, I do remember at the time looking at the stats of the, the three guys that were sick and yeah. uh, all of them had really quiet days. Um, yeah. So, you, I mean, you can't blame the players for that. That's coaching decisions. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, every player, if they think they're well enough, they'll say, I'm right, but it's still up to the coach to say, you know, no, you're not. Yeah. You know, it's not the right thing. So uh, that wasn't good. Uh, but no. six and six was still better than we expected at the start of the year. Uh, absolutely. Would have taken that, yes. Yes. And I think uh, I can't really remember. I think we might have been just out of the eight at that stage. Yes, I think so. Uh, a percentage or something, something like that. It was pretty close anyway. So, um, yep. so the next – And we'd also is- shown, shown a lot. We'd shown a lot in some of the games, even though we did get beaten in some of those, but uh, they were against top sides. So. Uh, yes. Right, okay, so we go on to the next six, uh, round 14 round 20. The, which is basically our third quarter. So this yes. is where we bring it home. <laughs> yes, the championship quarter. Yes. And we started off the Lions beat us by 56. Yeah, the Tigers beat us by 33, North beat us by 39, Cats beat us by 27. Uh, that was when Richo was then replaced. Was he yes. sacked or? Re- yes, yeah, uh, he retired. Yeah, stepped out. I think he yes. was going to get sacked. But anyway, so uh, then Ratten took over. Oh, I know. I think as a coach, you got to be who you are. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't feel any um, sense of unease, you know, real challenge to be able to, to be the coach that I needed to be. There's still a lot of footy, um, you know, left in the air, still six games of footy. Um, there are conversations with players that we're not allowed to talk about from other footy clubs that you're turning up and you're pitching and you you want them to join your footy club and this uncertainty around the senior coach, that doesn't really work. Um, and, and certainly... You know, once you get an understanding of where it all sits, the footy club needs to make a or start a process in terms of looking for a coach. So it, really it's as simple as I've had my crack at it. It, it. it hasn't worked. It's time for someone else to have a go. And we beat the Dogs by 27 and then beat Melbourne by 19. So it was two and four again. Yeah. But uh, the four losses were pretty poor. Well... Uh, yes, and and the fact that we beat the dogs, who then went on and played finals, and and people were saying, you know, the way that they had their games structured, you wouldn't want to play them in the finals. And I thought, well, except for their straight kicking, we had them covered fairly well. So we yeah. played good football. Yeah, then- I I think we. Uh- I, I haven't looked up the stats for the last few years, but I, I have a feeling that we've done pretty well against the Dogs um, in the last few years. So, Unless, it, unless yeah. it's like a special game like Nick's 300th and we just towel it up. It's shocking. I think that we did it for Robert Harvey's three. In fact, most games where we've had something to celebrate 
the team has really not turned up to play anyway. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Going back for many years when we have a big game, um, you know, big game where, as you said, somebody's 300th or, or something, uh, we usually have a shocker. So uh, I don't understand that. Of course, the players don't try to have a shocker, but I don't yeah, know. Do they get distracted or something? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that leaves uh, the last three rounds. Yep. And we started off by beating Frio by three. Yes. Uh, then the Blues, unfortunately, beat us by 10. And then the Swans gave us a bit of a hiding by 45. And um, at the top of that was the Saints lost to the Crows by 92, 70 to 92. So they beat us yes. by 22 points. And, and yeah. I reckon yes. that was our game. Had we won that, then we might have been eyeing off finals. Unlikely as it seems... We would have had four, six, eight on a roll, win that game nine, beat the Dockers ten, probably get up against Carlton eleven, might lose to Sydney. I'm not sure what the eighth team had as far as wins were concerned. And a feeling might have been ten. Uh, yeah, I think it was, it was either ten or eleven. Yes, so, so we, uh, we could have it been. Would have been 10, close, but. Yeah, we lost. and Because um, if we had been going into the last game against Sydney needing to win to make the finals, yeah. we would have put in a much better performance than, I think than so. just playing for nothing like we did. Yes, yes. So, and and in, in fairness, the Swans, you know, they had uh, all those uh, premiership players retiring and stuff and Buddy's 300th and yes. so, you know, they had a lot to play for and we had nothing. So, yeah, uh, yeah it, it was no surprise that they won quite easily. So I didn't read that much into the game. No. So we look at the season and we say we're too good to finish last and get a really good draft choice and we're yes. not good enough to get into the eight to play finals. So yes, basically, no is, man's land. Yeah, it, it was an improvement on the previous year, though. Yes, and we have high hopes for the next year with a new coach. Yes, and to, to finish on nine, if you had have said that at the start of the season, with knowing with the injuries that we were going to have, I yes. think you would have taken that. I think so too. Yes, yeah. Uh, I think they were tipping us to finish bottom two. Yes, um, they have the Suns and the Saints. Either of those were going to finish last. Yes, and I think um, the the game time that they've got into players like uh, Battle and Wilkie, uh, Parker, yes. uh, and even Patton, Langlands, all these young guys. Um, yep. It's been great. It's going to help us going forward. It will. Um, Clark showed his class a couple of times with things that he yes. did, which will yep. only make him better for games played and building up a bigger tank for AFL football. And and most of them yep. are 20, 21. I think um, Wilkie and Parker are 23, but yes. it, that's not playing AFL football. Exactly. And um, I think we found a player in Rowan Marshall. Yes. 
definitely. I think uh, he should be our number one ruckman for the next 10 years. Yes. Barring injuries. Yes, I think so too. Um, tell me, what happens I, with Jack sorry. Stephen? Uh, well, it, it seems like he's definitely going to Geelong. I read um, a report yesterday where they said it's no certainty. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, I haven't seen that. No, uh, they came out yesterday and they said that he was no certainty, that um, their list manager, they obviously would welcome him. They they would um, draft him with eyes wide open, knowing that he's had, like, issues with mental health. But they said, but if he ended up staying at the Saints, they know that the Saints will be able to look after him as they have been doing. So, yep. um I would prefer he stays because yes. I, I can't see Geelong offering us anything for him. That they'll no. say, you know, he's a player that missed a huge chunk of the season. Uh, and um, I think his exit interview with Richardson, I, I think they said that, like, the paint peeled off the walls, that yes. uh, the spray that was given... And, and that may have added to his, I can't play, I can't play for this team the way it's, it's running. And, um, you know, he showed glimpses when he came back, like against Freo when he kicked two or three goals. And, you know, you don't lose your ability overnight. No. And the year before when he got 18 Brownlow votes from a team that finished virtually second or third last, he's a good player. I would yep. love to keep him and have him play every game. But if he is going to get traded, I'd like to think that Geelong just don't look at him and go, well, we'll get him for free. We won't have to give anything up. Yes, exactly. I think, um, yeah, like you, I don't want to trade him. I think uh, he's too good a player and we need good players in our team. He's also one of those... Uh, uh, quick midfielders that can burst out of a pack and and yes. that's what he's done in the past. Uh, obviously, when he came back and started playing, he wasn't fit. You could tell that. But, yes. uh, yeah, as you said, he doesn't lose his ability and he still played well. He did start to struggle the last couple of games just through his fitness alone. But, um, you know, he's a good player. So you don't want to lose good players. No. Um and has Nunes requested a trade-out? Um, last I heard, he was still looking at options, but I haven't heard okay. any club actually offer him anything yet. Right. Maybe that will happen. I don't know. You would um, think that perhaps the Gold Coast Suns might look for a bit of experience. He would add that to yes. their team. Yes. Uh, he is a player that um, doesn't miss many games, so that no. does go in his favour. Um, he's just fallen behind a lot of players at St Kilda now. You know, there's nowhere in the back line for him to go. Nowhere uh, on the there's field. virtually nowhere in the midfield and there's nowhere in the forward line. So yes. I can understand why he'd want to you know, move somewhere else. So we bundle him up with the draft choice we get for Bruce and we send that up to Gold Coast for King. 
Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> they say no, and then at the end of next year, when he's out of contract, he's is he walks away for virtually nothing. Yes, although, although I mean, every you, other club would. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, you don't work. know whether he would. I mean, he might like it there for all we know. So he might uh, too. But I'm basing it on being a lifelong St Kilda supporter and being able to play with his brother. Yes, that's true. And we'll keep our fingers crossed that he does <laughs> eventually get to the Saints. Yeah. <laughs> if it's this year uh, or next, sorry, next year or the year after. But yep. um, now that they've been given this magnificent concession of, like, you know, uh, pick one, and pick two, and yes, um, then I think is it pick twenty. So they've got three picks in the top twenty, and and yep. next year, no matter where they finish, they've got pick eleven. So they've been, yeah. I think of St Kilda back in the eighties, and how I would have loved for the AFL or the VFL to have stepped in and said, "We can see you're in a bit of trouble. We're going to help you out." Yeah. Would never have happened. No, we never got any help. Uh, I, I, well, I think back to then, and I think the the AFL, VFL, I think it was back then, um, were pretty keen on us to to fold and or merge with somebody. Merge with Carlton. Yeah. Um, and and I'm sure there anyone who listens who's an ex Fitzroy supporter, they'd raise their hand up and say, "Hi, remember us?" Like you know exactly. Yeah, we used to All play. That talk in, about Fitzroy won't be forgotten. Well, they'll yes. forgotten straight away. Yes. Uh, mm. uh, also, looks like Bruce is going to be going to the Dogs if they can agree. Uh, he's keen. Obviously, he wants a better contract, so yep. you can't blame him for that. He's, uh, I think, he's twenty-seven, and. Um, He's got a young family and it is going to be a huge pay rise for him to go there. So, I mean, there's nothing and wrong with that. I wouldn't. By the time that Steele and Clark and Battle and, and these guys are getting to their mid-20s, he's going to be he heading 30-plus. So yes. um, if we can bring in someone who's around the same age and they come up together as a core, then that works well. Yes, exactly. So it'll be uh, interesting. Obviously, uh, I think the trade period starts on Monday, but yes. uh, usually nothing gets done until the second week of the trade period. So well, there'll be all wait. sorts of talk. We wait for Essendon to put in for a trade and, and just wait and watch while the guy um, who is their trade manager just help, holds everything at bay until the last possible minute. I think there's yes. a few that that are really difficult to deal with. I think West Coast might be the same. Um, yep. I know um, Sydney seem to always do a good deal. They don't sort of, you know, say, oh, because of this or that. But, but you know, like with Tim Membry, they could have said, well, you're contracted to us. But you'll have to play in the seconds for like two or three years. And, and St Kilda said, well, well, we can give him a game. And they've gone, yep. off you go. I, I think they'd 
probably ha- rather have him back right now. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I think they do the right thing. Uh, you know, they acknowledge that some players want to leave sometimes, and yes. um, you know, don't mess around. Just get the deal over, done with. You know, agree with something and and go for it. And the same when they try to get a player from another club, you know, they, they offer a, a fair deal and, and try to work it out. I smile because um, I read where Joe Danaher had spoken to the guy Shields and he was saying yep. rather than play for all these clubs, this is why you need to play for Essendon and after Shields is signed, it looks like he might be moving to Sydney. So um, <laughs> how he's how he's put the club is not how he's thinking about the club. So yeah. no, and then it looks like they're going to lose um, Fantasia as well. He wants yeah. to go back to Adelaide. Yes. So things aren't looking good at Essendon. No. And did Tim Kelly? Did he, did he just say, I want to go back home, or did he specifically request the club? Uh, actually, I've, I've re- actually read two different things. I've One, he said, I want to go back home, I want to go to the West Coast. And then okay. in another article I read, it said he just wanted to go back home and Frio was still a chance. So I'm not sure exactly whether he has specified West Coast or whether it was just because... I think last year he said he wanted to go to West Coast and um, they couldn't get the deal done or Geelong didn't want to do it. Um, no. But I and think... He was second in the best and fairest by a vote, so... Yes. I'm not sure how many Brownlow votes he got, so if Geelong are giving up a really good player, then you would expect them to be saying, well, what are you giving up to get him? Yeah. And hopefully... They're going to expect a a top pick for sure. Yes. And if they get a pick in the 20s and Jack Stevens is good to go, hopefully they'll pass that on to us. Yes. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It'll be interesting. It always is at this time of year, although I must admit there there seems to be a lot more more players or well-known players that are wanting to move this this season compared to previous yes. seasons. Yes. So, no, I thought that too. The time I, I yeah. the paper, there was someone going, I've requested a trade, I've requested, yeah, so. Yeah, and I think for sure Essendon will hold everything up with their Danaher and Fantasia things and other clubs, you know, like they're dealing with like the Swans and Adelaide and that will be held up because Essendon will mess around and, yeah, yep. it would become a, a panic from the last day type thing. Yes, get everything done with a minute to go sort of thing. Yes, yeah. Anyway, that's Essendon. Let's, let's hope they have a shocking year next year and finish on the bottom. Every year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so it'll be interesting to see who we who we can get. Um, obviously, we're a big chance for Ryder and Hill if they can agree with the the other teams. Um, yeah. And there are other players, apparently, that we're after as well. Um, and then we've got uh, Bytel and King, who are virtually going to be new recruits for next season. Yes. 
and it seems like Robbo and McCartan might still be playing next season as well because they haven't announced anything else. So uh, they must they must think they're going to play. Yes. So it will be interesting. And, yes. Uh, fingers crossed that we have a really good year next year. Yes, finals would be nice. Would yes, be, would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, just, just, just dipping the toe in the water, just enough to give the players some finals experience, and and then you know you, you think of um, the Bulldogs, every all the cards fell in place, and yeah, and, you know if that were to happen, then that would be magnificent. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think that's it, Peter. I think that's yes, think that's it. We've we've covered all the games. Who we hope to get? Um, yeah, the improvement into our young kids getting games into them's been really good. Yeah, and I guess the next next time we we chat football, we'll have a talk about the trades. Yes. And, oh, we should we should just quickly them. mention um, uh, Ratten as a coach. Pretty happy about that. Yes, I think so. Uh, I yeah. think he, the, he yeah. I think he had the players, I, I, you know, hearsay, but I, I heard someone say that um, the first games, first five or six games we played, Richardson pretty much let the team go. That, yep. you know, get out there, show what you can do, show your talents, play football. And as we turned four and two out of the first six games. But after that, he went back to micromanaging everything. So yes. he wasn't prepared to let a player take bounces down the wing because that was not the thing. That wasn't the team ethos. That um, so against Richmond, I think we kicked was it seven goals straight to half time, and yep. we led them by a goal or two. And um, uh, that you know the talk was that. That was not the way he wanted the Saints to play football. <laughs> we need to be more accountable, more defensive, more whatever that he he saw the club as going. And the second half, we kicked three goals, thirteen, and we lost by twenty points or so. Yeah. And I'm thinking uh, the first two games with Ratton, we did really well. Um, we pinched the game against Fr- Fremantle. So his coaching record would have been, what's that, three and three, I think, three wins, yep, three losses. So. Yep. But with, like, the last couple of games not really mean anything because we were no longer finals bound. Exactly. So. Yeah. I, I, I'm a big rap for Ratton. I think he was unlucky to get dismissed at Carlton at the time and they just went to, they wanted Malthouse, I think, didn't they? Somebody yes. like that. Yeah, I think he uh, had uh, 58, 50, 53-58 and a draw coaching record. So, like, you know, he was around about 50%. I think Richardson yes. might have been 20 or 30. And then exactly. um, uh, he actually had them playing finals and they turned around and went, yeah, you're not big enough. Yes. You get Malthouse. Yeah, the big name. Who took them nowhere. Yes. Oh, wait, they played finals because the drug cheats got caught and they got taken out of the finals. That's right, yeah. 
and they beat Richmond the, in the third. Already, just from what the, the few interviews I've seen from Ratton since he's been appointed, uh, he's not just talking cliches like Richo used to. Uh, he yes. actually had things to say and it's it's refreshing to hear a coach actually talk the truth rather than just talk whatever the spiel is being pushed out by the club at the time. Strong at the contest. I think that was a favourite. Strong at the contest. Yes. And which which means nothing because um, in who you're talking about. And and I, I think there was a game that um, we played Carlton and Jack still played on Crips and um, you know, literally had the same number of possessions, kicked the goal and and Crips was down on his normal possessions, but he he couldn't say that Jack Steele had played a good game. Uh, it might be harsh, but I think he played favourites. Yes. Um, uh, McKenzie always seemed to get a game when I thought that, yes. you know, perhaps Rice could get a game or yeah. White. Nunes, Nunes was played all the time. Nunes. Uh, yeah. Weller the year before was played. Yeah. Yeah, no, so I think there were some players that he saw whether that was the way he played and he saw a bit of himself in them. I don't know, but there were some odd team selections. Yeah, when, especially after we had a couple of bad losses and it was like still the same uh, couple of guys that were going out and the same couple of guys that were coming in. He didn't yes. like to change it up too much. No, no. So, yes, we hope that he's got the key to the success. And yes. we'll, we'll check out who we're trading and who we're drafting. And, yeah. Yep, and we'll do another podcast in a few weeks after the the trading. Oh, I'm not sure when the draft is, but I suppose that's about a month away. I'd, that's that's November. Yeah, that's that's a couple. November. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe we will do a, a podcast after the draft and and talk about who we've got and also the guys we got in the trade. We'll see yes. how we go. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, Neil. Uh, Thank you, Peter. Just a uh, quick hi to George, who did try to get on, but is having trouble with his microphone. Uh, oh, so he, he, would, he would have agreed with everything we said. I'm sure he would. Oh, yes. Oh, we are experts after all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Peter. Um, <laughs> all right, now. Catch you soon. Yep. Bye. Bye. G'day, Saints fans. Brett Ratton here. Well, yesterday afternoon I was told the news that uh, I was the preferred option going to the board and by 6.08, to be precise, I got the phone call and, uh, you know, there with my family and um, just over the moon and so honoured to be coaching the St Kilda Football Club for the next three years. You know, we've got some great talent at our football club and we, we saw that firsthand with, you know, Clark's development, Rowan Marshall, those younger brigade of blokes that are starting to come through. Um, it's very exciting for us, but we need to lift expectations. Um, we haven't played finals for a long time. Can we do it next year? I'm not sure, but I know in our quest to, you know, lift standards and make sure our playing group is right to go, we'll be doing everything in our power as a coaching group and as a football club to do that. Probably the next bit for, is for you guys. We've loved the commitment and the loyalty from, from our fans, but we probably need to raise the bar and try and get to 50,000 members or more. 
let's make sure that when we go to Marvel Stadium, yeah, the chant of St Kilda Football Club is there and you guys are very proud of our performance from week in, week out. But it's going to be a new season, great opportunity for us, but go Saints, we're going to push everything we can to see if we can get the results that we're after. Thank you. A 9-13 and 13 record, a percentage of just 83.9 and a sacked coach equated to an eighth straight year of missed finals for the Saints in 2019 as they head into the off-season with change on the horizon. A red-hot start quickly faded into familiar mediocrity for the Saints this season, culminating in the end of coach Alan Richardson's tenure with the club. But it wasn't all doom and gloom. Jack Billings took his game to new heights, Rowan Marshall decided he can play some footy, and Tim Membry equaled a career high in goals. Today it falls to me to sum up the Saints season, so with all of that said and done, my name is Justin, this is AFL Access, and welcome to our end of year club by club reviews. I feel like Saints fans were quietly bullish on their chances coming into season 2019. I mean... Aren't we all about our teams before the year kicks off? But let's be real, most reasonable fans knew how this season was going to go for the red, white and black. Anyone who followed the offseason were pretty well aware that we weren't going to see top draft pick Max King and Dan Hanabry was going to take a fair bit of time to get on the park as a key recruit. Outside of those two, they had very few list changes that inspired much difference at all. So it was super hard to see the Saints and how they would improve going into season 2019. Most people pen them in to miss finals while showing some improvement, which I guess in a sense, they lived up to the expectation. And to be quite honest, by round five, they had us all feeling like we may have got it wrong with the Saints. Rowan Marshall absolutely burst on the scene and Jack Steele was being an absolute menace as they picked up wins over the Gold Coast, Essendon, Hawthorne and Melbourne to kick off their season, going 4-1 to round 5, including a slight, slim loss to Fremantle, where they went down by just 5 points. At that point, it really looked like the Saints were sitting pretty. But it did not last long at all. An extremely tough point came after a 5-goal loss to the Crows in round 6, where club legend and four-time best and fairest Jack Stephen announced that he would be taking a leave of absence to deal with some mental health issues. It was a big blow to the club for a player that, A, on the field is a huge engine room for them, but also off the field provides them with a, a bunch of leadership which they don't really get from many players on their list. From there they'd go on to lose their next three, making it four losses in a row as they slipped to four and five at round nine, and all of a sudden, all of that good work had just faded away in front of their eyes. A win over Carlton gave the Saints small reprieve but consecutive losses to Richmond and Brisbane pushed them to the cliff before another one to North Melbourne just completely pushed them off and out of finals contention. And after a fourth straight defeat at the hands of the Cats, the club decided that Alan Richardson's time was over. They announced the coach's departure from the club on July 16th, ushering in Brett Ratton as the new interim coach. And as most interim coaches have had this year, he enjoyed plenty of success. Ratton led the group to three wins in his first four games of the club before they ended it on back-to-back -back losses to Carlton and Sydney, heading into a what looms as a tumultuous off-season down at, uh, at Moorabbin. All in all, it was a rollercoaster year for the Saints, but when you add everything into the mix, missing finals just doesn't cut the mustard. In terms of what went wrong on the field, the Saints simply just didn't find enough footy at all. They ranked a lowly 15th in kicks, 14th in total disposals, and just 12th in inside 50s, not giving their forwards anywhere near enough opportunity to kick a score. They did rank 4th in tackles to their credit, 
but they still had plenty of trouble stopping opposition midfielders from racking up stats as it just looked like clubs at times were just steamrolling over St Kilda. They're probably quite a tough club to judge given at times they looked quite efficient and at times they were looking like a genuine football side. But at the end, they just couldn't get the job done in some of the games that, that really mattered to their finals hopes. However, as I did say earlier in this video, it's not all doom and gloom. Thankfully, for St Kilda's way too loyal fans, they did get to enjoy some individual performances that were pretty special this season. Although his consistency for mine still remains just a little bit of a worry, Jack Billings took his game to another level, averaging 25 disposals a game and having a real influence on plenty of games throughout the year. I mentioned Tim Memory at the start of this video as well, and despite his team ranking just 12th in inside 50s, he still managed to kick 44 goals, an effort that's admirable when your side just can't deliver you the footy. To round it out, Rowan Marshall, a former 2017 rookie draft pick, became an absolute gun ruckman, playing 20 games where he had only played 13 in the previous season, and stamping himself down as a future bright light for the Saints as they move forward into a new era. But what exactly are the Saints looking for in that new era? And what do they need to climb back into finals contention in 2020? Both very good questions, as there's plenty of gaps to fill on this roster. I guess the starting point would be a coach, right? Personally, I think bringing Brett Ratton back full-time is a pretty good idea. And if that's not what the Saints are keen on, I like the thought of Robert Harvey coming in as a former club great who can make quite the difference, having done his coaching apprenticeship uh, quite thoroughly. Still, coaches aside, as it always does, the players are the ones that are going to have to make a difference, and the Saints need to add some serious talent to their roster. Just where that talent needs to be added remains to be seen. However, I do like their forward line setup. Tim Membry has proven that he's a goal kicker, season in, season out. Max King will hopefully come on and develop, and Jade Gresham has plenty of upside as a small forward that could potentially swing into the midfielder for bigger minutes. For me, I think the Saints are desperate to add some run and carry, which is why they are going so hard after Fremantle's Brad Hill. A Premier Wing player that drives the ball as well as Hill does would be pretty dangerous in St Kilda's lineup, given that it's just something they haven't had for a few years now. Jack Billings is really the closest thing they have to that, and they would rather use him in different roles than running over the field all day. However, one player that's potentially on the move out of St Kilda is Jake Carlisle, which would leave them extremely thin in their defensive stocks and would mean they would need to go and pick up another anchor somewhere. At the time of filming this video, it's rumoured that Adelaide's Alex Keith would like to go back to Victoria, and although his trade talks aren't necessarily linked to the Saints, I feel like this is the type of player the Saints need to go hard at if they're going to shore up that defensive stock and make sure they don't get an abundance of scores kicked against them anymore. I said before that the Saints were quite a hard team to judge, and I stick by that, particularly going into next year. As for me, I genuinely think they've got some big upside in a few players, but they're just lacking too much right now. When I take a look at their roster, I just see too many positions that don't have any quality depth, and when they get injuries, they're going to struggle next year. But a lot of it's going to depend on the man who's leading the team. Who's going to be the coach? And can they instill a mindset where the Saints know that the season is a marathon rather than a sprint? What will you do when you're called upon? Will you stand with us and sing our song? Will you raise your hands and fill the stands with red, white and black? 
Will you walk beside us as the saints come marching back? I know there's doubt. I know the fears. Believe me, I've shed the tears. The moments etched into the past. The landmarks of our lives. The legacy. The legend. The spirit that survives. I'm a saint. I've always been. It's in my blood. It's still a dream. My faith will not waver, for I know that I belong. I will stand with St Gilda when I am called upon. <laughs>